Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 22 of season three of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Sean Morgan. I am joined by Caleb Walgren, and we are continuing our wonderful series, our 2021-2022 NFL team previews. We are finishing off the division this week with the Minnesota Vikings preview. Uh, if you've been listening all week, you've heard us do the Bears and the Lions and the Packers. And now we're finishing it off with Caleb's absolute favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, and I dedicate this episode to our former comrade, Travis Conaway, wherever he is out there in the ether. Uh, this one's this one's for you, pal. Uh, as always, with these team previews, we do a couple of different categories. Um, stuff like new player to watch, weakness of the team, award consideration, strength of the team, fantasy sleepers, a whole bunch of stuff. If you've been listening to us the entirety of this series, you know what we're talking about. Uh, the four categories we have chosen for the Minnesota Vikings, new player to watch, coach temperature check, fantasy sleeper, and strength of the team. And as always, we finish it off with the over-under win totals against expectation. Uh, we get our numbers from DraftKings, and then we decide whether or not we think that that respective team is going to finish over or under their projected win total. Caleb, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Let's go ahead and get it started with that new player to watch, or as Lizzie would say, the new man on the Minnesota Vikings, and that is Patrick Peterson who's going to be wearing number seven, which is totally weird in my opinion, but uh, kudos to the NFL for being flexible about numbers for once. As he's coming over, it's going to be the first time in his career to not play for the Arizona Cardinals. And it's, it's definitely intriguing. He recently turned 31, and I don't know quite how valuable he will be in the Mike Zimmer defensive scheme. I know that in general, their defense really struggled last year. They had a whole bunch of young, I don't want to say rookie, it was like first or second year corners, and was definitely the weakness of the team. They got picked apart time after time, gave up so many points. Uh, they also couldn't tackle like Alvin Kamara, so, which I know Sean is always happy to hear good things about <laughs> Alvin Kamara. So... It's true. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. Patrick Peterson, he's never really been a, I, I guess he had seven picks back in 2012, but he's never been truly a ball hawk corner. And even if I look at it this past year, as far as advanced statistics, he gave up 67% of the passes that were thrown his way. And over the last two years, he's given up a passer rating of around 99 or 98 when targeted. So, I'm struggling because I feel like, in general, it's Patrick Peterson. He should have an impact on that defense. He has more experience probably in his career than the other Vikings corners on the roster combined. But is he good enough to stay out on the field, or is he good enough to be a guy in the locker room? Where do you kind of stand as far as Patrick Peterson is concerned? And how he can help transform the defense. Because I feel like if he hits, it's going to be a home run signing. And if he misses, it's going to just be another thing that makes the Vikings look semi-average like last year. I mean, it's tough, right? Because eight-year pro bowler is he part of the 2010s all-decade team. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty decent club to be on. Uh, but you're right. 
there were instances where, especially over the last couple of years, where he was beatable. Uh, and really at that age in the secondary, you have to start wondering how many steps you've lost and how you can go through and adapt your game within the scheme that you're playing in to at least continue to be a valuable contributor. And the Vikings, quite frankly, sucked defensively last season. And, you know, at this point, it's a matter of what can we do to stop the bleeding this is a veteran presence in the locker room. This is a veteran presence on the field. This is somebody that is a vocal, vocal player, right? There's a bunch of hullabaloo about him running the uh, cards GM, you know, through the ringer, uh, talking smack about his draft classes. Uh, this is a guy who has no problems telling you what he thinks and why he thinks it. And for a lot of players on the field, they respond to that pretty well. They need that pressure and maybe playing alongside a guy like this is going to motivate them to kick it into that extra gear and succeed where otherwise they might not have. So I think this is a good signing. This is an opportunistic signing. Um, it is a bit of a risk, but I think it's one that the Vikings needed to take considering what they're going to try to compete for in 2021. It's definitely exciting. That is for sure. Well, let's go ahead and stick with the, the Mike Zimmer train as far as a coach temperature check, because Zimmer has had some interesting years the last several years, and they missed the playoffs last year. He's been the longtime coach, but the offense really was what shown, and the offense was good the year before, and they lost Kevin Stefanski to the Browns, and it just kind of felt like the offense regressed a little bit. And then with the defense upheaval, it just didn't click. It didn't work well for what Minnesota was trying to do. They had a, I want to call it a semi-embarrassing home loss to the Cowboys. They struggled against the Panthers. Like They weren't putting away the bad teams, and they kind of competed better against good teams, but sometimes it was just not enough. Like they couldn't keep up with teams like the New Orleans Saints. They lost some close games like to the Tennessee Titans. A couple of those go the right way and they would have been a playoff team last year, but they didn't. So he's, when I look at the, uh, the odds, they have him fifth as far as, Coaches that could be fired, the first coach fired. So I think he's definitely on the hot seat. I mean, we usually see five, six coaches fired every offseason. So if he's currently fifth on that, he needs to have a good year. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit split. Sean, where, where do you think Zimmer is? Do you think that he's pretty at risk or pretty secure? Or in the um, I think it's kind of in the middle, and I'm leaning toward him being a little more secure. Uh, and I think that if he does get the axe, it's going to be one of those situations where he just straight up retires. So if you look at the last seven years uh, as a head coach, 64, 47 and one, uh, he alternates every year, it seems, going to the playoffs and he's never finished worse than seven and nine. He has taken teams that have, I think, struggled in certain areas and he's gotten them to perform uh, as good as can be expected, but there's been a lot of up and down. There's been a lot of potential like roster turmoil and he's had to go through and make some 
you know, staff changes in order to continue to keep his job. I mean, this first this past season is the first time since his first season that he actually finished under 500. So for me, you look at a coach that is 65 years old, going to be, you know, um, looking at what does the tail end of my career look like? He's been a head coach for seven years. Do you really want to, if you get fired from the Minnesota Vikings, try and find another head coaching job for another couple of years? Or do you just decide to sail off into the sunset? So for me, I see this situation as if the Vikings are in a position as an organization to choose to fire Mike Zimmer. It's going to be one of those, you know, quote unquote, mutual like uh, agreements Yeah, for him to depart at the end of the season. And could be something if the Vikings are trending toward a losing season or trending toward a not getting a playoff berth, maybe heading into like week 13, week 14. That's when we could hear some noise. I do not think he gets fired ahead of time unless there is a catastrophic failure to start the season. And quite honestly, looking at their first six games, uh, Bengals, Cards, Seahawks, Browns, Lions and Panthers. If they start terribly against that run of games, then yes, that is not good for Mike Zimmer's future. But I don't think they start off cold. And I think that that momentum carries them through most of the season. And again, if they're not competing, uh, coming into week 13, week 14, look for that mutual separation announcement uh, to close off the year for the Minnesota Vikings. Absolutely. I think that they need to be at least three and three at that stretch. And that actually gets them right to their bye. So for some reason, they're two and four or one and five. Yeah, you could see Zimmer potentially getting fired going into the bye. Uh, I don't think that I would like that bet. Um, but I, I see the potential. I definitely think that Zimmer's hot seat is definitely beachier than anywhere that I would find in Minnesota, even though it does have 10,000 lakes. I just feel like it's, it's toasty. I don't think that I would say it's, it's hot, but it's definitely toasty. Agreed. I feel like I've had to find more adjectives for these coach temperature checks than for any other thing that we have done (laughs) on the podcast. I just have to throw that out there. Uh, Sorry. That was completely random of me to say. But, Sean, what do you have as far as a fantasy sleeper for the Vikings? So this one's going to be a little odd. And I want to defend kind of my thought process here and um, really just kind of drill some perspective into uh, some of our potential fantasy football captains. So my sleeper is going to be none other than the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. So a lot of people might be thinking, Kirk Cousins, why in the ever-loving heck, uh, probably even a harsher word than that, would you choose Kirk Cousins? I chose heck because we are talking about Kirk Cousins. Uh, He consistently throughout the entire season performs as a top 10, top 12 quarterback. Consistently. He has some pitfalls where he'll have a run of a couple of bad games. But generally speaking, he is about as good as you would want, if not probably the best QB2 option in leagues that aren't super deep. You can generally look at the Vikings schedule 
and see this is probably not a game that I start Kirk Cousins in. But as we get to talking about our final category on here, which is the strength of the team, you'll realize just how many options Kirk Cousins has at his disposal to put points on the board. And him putting points on the board means that you're putting points uh, on your board against your opposition. And because Kirk Cousins is generally considered to be a, you know, maybe 15th, 16th, 18th quarterback, you know, taken in the draft, you could look at, you know, hey, I'm going to be taking Kirk Cousins. I could potentially push this very, very deep in the draft, shore up some other, you know, offensive positions, and then maybe snag that QB2 much later than you otherwise would and know that you've got somebody that is more than reliable to slot in. And I think that is a fantastic opportunity for you, again, to get depth in key positions that generally suffer from injury, getting another running back, getting another wide out. You know, I think Kirk Cousins is a what like big fantasy sleeper. Uh, I know you don't like the guy too much, um, considering he quarterbacks a rival team. But what do you think, Caleb? Do you think uh, it's a bit of a stretch to talk about Kirk in this way? Or do you think that uh, maybe I made a point? I think you made a point. I am looking at Sleeper's draft position, and they have him as their QB 20 as far as where he's coming off the board, uh, which is one quarterback behind Trey Lance. And don't get me wrong, maybe if you're doing best ball, you might want Trey Lance because if you know that's just simply not having to set a roster or cut or pick anyone up the whole year. But Kirk Cousins, like you said, he's got Justin Jefferson, he's got Thielen, He's got Cook catching passes out of the backfield. He's got Irv Smith even. Like I moved to talk about someone that's been underutilized now that Kyle Rudolph's gone. Irv Smith show has come to town. I should clarify Irv Smith Jr. Uh, we are followed by Irv Smith Sr. on our Twitter account. Uh-huh. And it's, it's definitely interesting. So I feel like Kirk has been consistent. I'm, I, I don't want to... Let's stick with consistent Kirk. So you know what you're getting. Like you're getting a guy who can go out there, fill your bye week, fill in for injury a few times. He's not going to necessarily light up the the scoring in fantasy, but you can trust him to have a you know a two or three touchdown game against like let's say the Bengals in week one. And then you take that sleeper pick and you go, man, I'm going to package Kirk Cousins in this trade. <laughs> <laughs> and there that's you go. the fun really begins. Extracting some value. It's all about extracting value. And let's let's transition this because uh, I really think that selling Kirk Cousins as a fantasy sleeper, and you kind of talked about um, you know, what I want to talk about and what is the strength of this team? And the strength of this team is in their offensive playmakers. And they've got three big ones that obviously are not fantasy sleepers are considered to be, you know, at the peak of their position. And that is uh, running back Dalvin Cook and the whiteout duo of Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. So for the Vikings to win football games this year, it is going to be on the back of breakout offensive performances. Uh, I'm, you know, multiple touchdown games from their wideouts, Dalvin Cook going off. Uh, the This is a team that has to score points 
to beat their opposition. I know it sounds like very, you know, uh, uh, Madden-esque, hey, you got to put points on the board in order to win. But really, this is a team that's not going to be able to consistently stop people, right? This is a defense that is being rebuilt, restructured, retooled, reschemed, and is going to have growing pains. So they're going to need this offense that where all of their big playmakers are kind of sort of hitting their stride. You've got, you know, a running back that is in his prime, 25 years old. That is the sweet spot for a running back. You're you've been in the league long enough to know what to do and how to do it, but you're not, you know, too old to where your knees have given out. You know, and then Thielen is now the the you know elder statesman. Like he's the guy that is going to be dependable and reliable. And then you've got Justin Jefferson, who is the new upstart and the uh, the breakout star. So there are a lot of different players that you know, Cousins is going to be able to spread the ball around to. And you're going to find there can put points up against just about anybody in the league. I cannot see any other strength that they have that really stands out to me more than that combo of three players. I completely agree. And I do want to throw this out. I know, Sean, in general, you've got your dynasty draft coming up. So Dalvin Cook really is the only other running back that I think you could consider to CMC at number one. And I know I've pushed Christian McCaffrey earlier when we were going through the Brody 100, I believe that was. But if you think that in general, the Vikings might have a more dynamic offense and be in the red zone more than the Panthers because, well, Sam Darnold and the Panthers, then I do think that you could consider giving Dalvin Cook a chance because in general, there are only so when I was listening to another podcast, a good football show that's all about fantasy football, it was saying that Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey really are the only two trusted, guaranteed, as as long as they avoid injury, like huge stud running backs that can do it all this year. Everyone else is a little bit more unproven or they haven't done it as long. So I agree. It's definitely a strength of the team. And I also, Thielen's been super reliable there for a long time. Justin Jefferson showed up and had a whole bunch of fun to that party last year. And it made the Vikings offense worth watching. I will agree with you, though. They they had to score a lot of points. I double-checked, and they had the 29th defense in terms of points allowed this past offseason, or this past season. They were between the Dallas Cowboys and the Oakland Raiders in terms of points allowed. And when that happens, you have to score a lot of points. And that's what the Vikings kept trying to do last year en route to their 7-9 and nine record. No, and I think they're going to be an exciting team to watch. Uh, you know, especially as a neutral, you always like seeing teams that have no struggle to put points on the board. And, you know, maybe are a little leaky defensively. You're going to get those high-flying games. You're going to have those swinging games where, you know, being down by 10 points, you might as well be down by three. You know, it's that it's that same sort of, you know, hey, a two-possession game is nothing. Let's, let's see what happens. So I'm excited as a neutral to watch a couple of Viking games this year. Well, speaking of Viking games, let's get to the over-under win totals. 
They are projected at nine wins. Uh, I'll go ahead and just venture off here first. I'm going to say that I do think that they end up having too many struggles on the defensive side of the ball. I don't see them turning that defense around this offseason. I could be wrong. So I'm going to go under, say they fall short of the nine wins, prob- probably right at eight and nine. They were seven and nine last year. I think that they eight and nine feels about right. And that they do miss the playoffs with that record. Uh, Sean, uh, do you do you have Derek's notes there or do you want to start with yours next? No, I can go ahead and do mine. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take the over. I think that uh, between a schedule that's generally um, up and down, but a very, very easy start to the season is going to give them a lot of momentum to potentially carry them through some of their tougher matchups. Uh, They do have the benefit of hosting the Rams, hosting the Steelers, uh, hosting the Cowboys. So I think some of those potential like up and down games where it's kind of a coin flip based on, you know, whatever storylines those teams are carrying and they're, you know, Vikings could potentially be a very, very small dog in those games, but being the home team makes a difference. I think that they have the they they are, uh, in my opinion, going to get a playoff berth. It's going to be a wild card. Uh, I think that they edge the Bears out and I can see them, you know, with the additional game getting to 10 wins. I think 10 and seven uh, feels to me when they play the Lions twice, pay the Bears twice uh, games against the Bengals games against, you know, the uh, cards who I think are also kind of iffy. Um, I mean, Panthers are not going to be that great this season. I think this is an opportunity for them to get back into the playoffs. Wow. Uh, Let me see what Derek says here. Uh, Derek also went under the nine wins and said that they would miss the playoffs. So someone's got to be right. They either have to go over the nine wins or under, and we have them out of the playoffs, but Sean has them in the playoffs. So uh, if you think that the Vikings are going to make the playoffs, let us know on Twitter at Brody Talk. Yeah, Caleb. Caleb's the one who maintains our Twitter, and uh, but if you uh, if you tag me, I'd be more than happy to to join in, either defending uh, our opinion or arguing against yours. It's whatever you know, whatever works. Uh, but that's it for us here for the NFC North uh, and for our Minnesota 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 Vikings. <laughs> kind of combine them, Minna. Minnesotans, um, Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is for it for our 2021-2022 team preview. Uh, again, if you like what we say and you want to check us out on all of our various social media platforms or potentially rock our merch, everything is found on our link tree: linktr.ee/brodytalk. Uh, definitely grab a shirt, grab a mug, uh, grab some Brody Sports Talk uh, themed boxers. We just added those. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> what? Yeah, we did. We got some. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have any uh, any of the tidy whities in yet. But uh, we'll, we'll. I'm petitioning. We'll see what we can uh, what we can get for you guys. You know you want to represent the uh, Brody Sports Talk anywhere and everywhere. So we're looking out for you. Uh, on behalf of Caleb Walgren, I am Sean Morgan. We are Brody Sports Talk. We are signing out. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.